You're listening to the Small Moves Podcast. Small steps for big progress. With your host, Jason Hertzberger. Your next step starts now. Hey, everybody, this is Jason, your host of the Small Moves Podcast, and this is episode four. Today, we're going to be interviewing Corey Smith. Corey is a personal running coach that runs a business called Run Your Personal Best. You can find him at runyourpersonalbest.com. Corey is one of the most decorated high school runners in my state's history out of Calvert Hall. Uh, after that, he went into Division One. NCAA running at Villanova University in Philadelphia and has since moved out to Santa Barbara, where is, which is where he runs uh, his company, RunYourPersonalBest.com. Um, Corey's an interesting character. He is one of the more athletic, all-around athletic people I have ever met. Not only is he a decorated runner, but he also happens to be um, one of the most decorated rock climbers that I have ever come across. Uh, he's a really interesting cat. I've, we had a really interesting conversation, and uh, just in, for the sake of uh, putting everything above board, Corey happens to be uh, my delightful wife Carrie's uh, cousin, which is how he and I originally got to meet. Um, we had a great conversation. I was actually been looking forward to a conversation like this for a while. We delve into a lot of things having to do with running because I myself didn't have the greatest relationship with running when I was at my high school age. Uh, but Corey, which is when he first encountered running, uh, it just took off for him and he really took it as his life's passion. And it's something that I never really had that sort of experience with. So I wanted to kind of dig into maybe why, why was that? What was different for him than it was for me? Was it simply athletic ability or was it simply, uh, some people, different bodies are built for different things or was it just what the motivation was for each of us at the time? Um, we get into some pretty interesting stuff. He is a contributing writer to Philadelphia magazine, as well as a website called the gear Institute, uh, not to mention his own blog that he, pl- that he publishes on regularly. And uh, he puts out a lot of really great stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I don't want to ramble on too much longer. I want to leave some to the to the episode itself. So uh, I really hope you guys enjoy this episode and I will talk to you again later. Here we go. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and you're listening to the Small Moves Podcast. Small steps for big progress. Let's prepare to ignite. Hey, Corey, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, you and you and I have been talking a little bit offline, and uh, I wanted to bring the audience up to date. Um, you've been you've been running for pretty much the lion's share of your adult life, really, and even even really before that, wasn't it? When did you? When was it that you actually first got into running? Uh, it was freshman year of high school. So I um, I wasn't a runner starting off. Um, I wanted to be a lacrosse player. So a lot of us um, at Calvert Hall, the, the high school I went to in Towson, actually would do cross country in the fall to get in shape for uh, lacrosse tryouts. So uh, that was kind of, yeah. kind of my first, my first, uh, first running opportunity. Got it. Got it. Yeah, the uh, it's it's so funny. It was the, it was the same way in my high school too. It was like there was the very rare case where someone was in on either the track and field team or the cross country team 
because that was what they were good at. Uh-huh. But the lion's share of those teams were just guys that were staying in shape for basketball or wrestling or, like you said, you know, do, doing cross country in the in the fall so that you can stay in shape for lacrosse or baseball in the spring. I know it's fun. It's just kind of funny how that happened. Now, how did you like that's So that's kind of how you stumbled onto onto running was just sort of. Hey, you're this this spring you're planning on doing something else, so you just want to stay in shape. That's yeah. just kind of how it started. One hundred percent. Yeah, I no, no intent uh, going. You know, I guess you know a year prior of running cross country. That's funny. Yeah, the uh, in the intro to the show, people heard a little bit about your the the level of success that you that you hit when you were in high school. Like, when, when did? At what point was it in that first year that you, it kind of hit you, hey, I'm good at this or, hey, I really love doing this or did that not really happen until later on in your high school career? No, I mean, success came uh, actually very quickly. So, um, you know, that first year I ended up winning um, junior varsity championships um, for uh, MIAA, which was the private school league in, in Maryland. Um, so it was it was pretty soon that I realized that, you know, I had a talent in, in running. Um, and, you know, likewise, I, I also enjoyed it. You know, I'm a competitive individual and, you know, it's something to keep me occupied and something, something I was good at. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Now when you got out of Calvert Hall, when you graduated Calvert Hall, you went to Villanova, yep. right? Yeah. So I, um, yeah, four years at Calvert Hall, uh, ended up with, uh, full scholarship to to Villanova for uh, for you know cross country and track and field. Nice, that's a great school. What did you ma- What did you major in at Villanova? Uh, finance. Well, actually, to to be told, I tell everyone track and field. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I wish I wish I would have I wish I would have studied, but I was I was at the time I was only there to run. Um, sure. That's kind of where my my focus was not not exactly in academics, but I, I graduated with a with a finance degree. Got it. So, sad, sadly, the case with a lot of guys that are on a full that are on a full ride because even frankly, even if they want to spend more time, you know, in the books, their coach the coaching staff and the boosters for the school tend to be maybe not so gentle in. Uh, dissuading that and trying to get you back onto the field to practice a little bit more. Unfortunately, that's, that's the case more times than not, which is a little sad, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, it's certainly, it's, it's time consuming. Um, there's no doubt about it. And and running is because it's not, you know, I know basketball, most sports will have an off season and yet they'll, you know, they'll still practice during the off season. They're not in competition mode and with running, you know, you have cross country in the fall, in the winter, you have indoor track, and then you have outdoor track in the summer, or excuse me, the spring into the summer. So it's, it's certainly, oh, it's all consuming. Um, it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's damn close. Yeah. It's damn close to a year round, if not full year round. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, did you, were, were you, you've made the trend now at this stage in your life, you've made the transition into coaching. Um, coaching people for running now that I'm, assu- I'm assuming that's athletes, you know, athletes that are trying to get better at it, but also just sort of the, your average run of the mill people that are trying to get in better shape. I'm sure they all kind of fall into the bucket. At what point did you start coaching people 
sort of outside outside the realm of either your school or whatever. Did that happen to did you get a taste of that at all when you were in either high school or college or did that not happen until later? No, on? I no, I I didn't appreciate running for what it was when I was in high school and college. Um you know, I think I was too wrapped up in in the competitive aspect of it. Um Oh, what 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 do you, what do you mean by that? Like for appreciate it for what it was. What what is it? What what are you? How what do you envision it being? I mean, it's uh, it's 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 a it's a lifestyle. It's um, you know, it's a way. To, it's an avenue to, you know, not only become a healthy individual, but also to, um, you know, it could be meditation for some. It could be stress release for some. It's there's definitely a healthy aspect. Um, you know, it's competitive for some and it can be competitive unhealthy. And I think that was more or less my relationship with it in high school and college was, you know, I was, I was truly in it just to compete and to try to be the best. Um, and I didn't, I didn't run for the pure joy or or, of it as much. Um, yeah. So I guess that's what I mean by it was a unhealthy relationship with running back then. Um, which, which has changed, um, you know, over the years. Of, of all those different things that you said that, you know, running can be for other people. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's kind of based on your experiences. What would you say it is to you at this stage? We know what it was and we, you just told us what it was before. I mean, what, it, what are the, which of those categories, if not multiple, you know, me, several of those categories, like what is running to you now? Yeah. I mean, that, that's a great question. There's, there's still a, huge competitive aspect to it um i'm not gonna lie that's that's what drives me to get out and run more each day each week um because you still you still actively run to compete now don't you like you don't just coach you also compete right? oh yeah 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 no i still you know i still compete i mean what i would consider it a high level i'm 38 right now so there's um you know there, there's a big master scene so you know i'm ex- actually excited to become 40 because it's, it's kind of a new competitive field, um, where you're the, you're the first guy in his thirties that I've ever heard say that he's excited to get to the age of 40. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. <laughs> if, if you talk to any competitive runner at 39, they're probably going to say the same thing. Um, that's so funny. So, but yeah, I mean, note to self, a, a unique characteristic among the running community. People can't wait to get older. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're getting in a different age group. <laughs> funny (laughs) yeah i my 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 relationship with running has always been um let's say a uh a a strained relationship the the only the only time i've ever really run was similar similar story to what you mentioned about what a lot of people do is that i did track and field when i was in high school for the first couple of years uh just to kind of get in shape for wrestling camps that would be going on during the summers and then eventually football camps that would be going on in the late summers into the fall. So yeah, same, same story, but I, I never ran for anything more than, Oh my God, I have to. Um, and then when I graduated high school, that relationship blossomed into a, well, since I hated it so much then, and since I don't have to do it ever again now, I won't, and I will only run when chased. Um, 
So yeah, I mean that I I I myself have never really had a particularly great relationship with it, but I never got ho- I never got hooked, and I also happened to not be good at it when I was doing it. So um, that that's that sounds like the opposite of your experience. You didn't really go into it with a hey, I'd really like to be a great runner. You went into it just because it was an avenue to something else, and then you actually realized, hey, wait a second, I'm good at yeah. this. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Now, when when you and Villanova, Villanova's in Philly, Correct. right? Yeah, the suburbs. Yeah. When you, when you and I first met, you were li- you were living in Philly. Um. How how much? When did you? At what point after you got out of college did you start actually coaching people in running? Were you did you were you kind of working in you know working you know your typical job you know were you working your typical job and just sort of competing on your own? And then eventually started coaching, or did, was that something that just kind of started happening right away while you were doing other stuff? Because I mean, now now you're a full time coach, yeah. um, uh, whether that be private privates or with the school with the school where you coach. Yeah, so no, I I um you know I think that unhealthy relationship that I had with running in high school and college. Uh, once I graduated to college, I was I was I, I was done with running. Yeah, I yeah I had burnt out, so I um. You know, I gave it up, um, regretfully so now, to, you know, kind of go into a traditional career path, um, which was sales at the time. Um, and, you know, I just, I, I basically just tried to pursue that and noticed kind of throughout the years that even though my income was going up, my satisfaction level was going down. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't quite figure out why uh, at the time. And I picked up running, you know, I stopped running in 2001 and then 2006, I ran a 5k with no training. Um, I think some, some buddies had, had run it and, you know, I, I did well compared to, to other people, you know, compared to my, my previous times, it wasn't well, but it kind of sparked something in me again. And, you know, as I said, that was 2006, so we're, you know, we're 11 years later, each year has gotten progressively more serious. Um, and then you had asked about the coaching, you know, I, I wasn't coaching at the time, but as I was getting back into running, I started, you know, picking up running partners, some of my old college teammates and, you know, people that went to Villanova. And throughout that time, I became interested in just training, training philosophy, training theory, things like that, and had started, you know, I wouldn't say coaching, but helping other runners um, with their training. And that's kind of how I got – that was like the very, very start of coaching. Um, And it just just grew uh, from from there. I mean, at what at what point did you decide to get into coaching? If if not on a full time basis, but to actually say, "Hey, this is something I might want to take make make a run at." Pardon the pun. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah like, what, at, at what point did that happen? Like, were were you still working in a sales job and said, "You know what? Let me actually let me see if I can kind of build this again." Pardon the pun. Build this into a little bit of a side hustle. Yeah. Um, it like, did you, is that sort of how it started or did you just kind of rip the bandaid off and say, you know what? Screw it. I, like, I'm tired of this job. I hate it. I want to, co- I want to get back into running. I want to coach. 
let's jump off the cliff. Like, is, is that sort of how it happened or did you sort of transition? Into um, it? Yeah, no, that's a good question. A, a very fortunate um, occurrence of events kind of, kind of led me to where I was, you know, I was, uh, so it was a 2001, um, was in sales for about 10 years with various companies and kind of went from, you know, a fortune 500 company all the way down and ended my career in sales at a startup. Um, and as I was at the startup, I, I actually started Run Your Personal Best, which is my coaching company. Um, you know, did the website myself and uh, put everything in place. But I was still fully, you know, doing a full-time job um, in, in Philadelphia as a soft, you know, I, I was a salesperson for a software company. And I actually got laid off, um, which was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, this was from the startup. This was from the startup, yeah. So Got it. at that point when I was laid off, I, um, you know, my wife, uh, Morgan, who supported this, uh, said, you know, listen, why don't you just try to do this coaching thing full time? You know, we're, we're okay for money now. Um, and I was actually eligible to get unemployment, which which helped. You know, that, that gave six weeks, or excuse me, six months of six months of money. So, you know, I, at that point I was, I was full in, um, I was in coaching, you know, I, I, I had, I had started the private coaching, so I had a few clients, but it wasn't anything that would, you know, geez, it wouldn't, it wouldn't pay a grocery bill at the time. Um, so I was unsure whether I would go private. I thought I wanted to become a college coach at the time. So I, I kind of went through the certification process and, it's a very competitive market to get into college coaching. Um, and I applied at a Penn State. Well, actually, first, I volunteered at a high school in, um, in Philadelphia. And okay. just to get some experience, work with the kids. In the city? Uh, it was outside. Uh, no, it, yeah, it is, it's in the city proper, but it's, it's, it's not in Center City. It's called it's a it. William Penn Charter School. Um, Okay. So I was with them for one one season and applied. There was a college position that opened up at a Penn State satellite campus for cross country. I uh, I applied for that and actually ended up getting that job. So um, I was the head coach of the men's and women's program at Penn State Brandywine, which was a small program, um, very small, good group of kids, and uh, you know, kind of gave me my first taste into to college coaching. Okay. Did you, while doing the college coaching, did you continue um, run your personal best on on the side? Was that something that you maintained through that through that process? It was, yeah, um, and okay. it, it continued to grow. I mean, I was I was very fortunate in um, you know kind of building it. Um, you know, I had some early success. I volunteered, I volunteered at the American Cancer Society as a coach there in Philadelphia which, you know, opened the opportunity for me to become a running columnist at um, Philadelphia Magazine's website called Be Well Philly, which is a, oh, that's which is a really well-known um, blog, health blog. And um, the two largest races in Philadelphia, the Broad Street Run, which is a 10-miler, and then the Philadelphia Marathon, um, I did, I would write columns for the 10 weeks leading up to them uh, about running and nutrition and training. So... That that gave my business a lot of exposure, um, and really started to to drive business, you know, to run your personal best. So, 
you know, as I'm coaching the college team, which is, is really just in the fall because it's cross country, um, you know, run your personal best was growing. Got it. Now, um, do you, do you still write for that publication? I do. Now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, yeah. With, with relative frequency, I guess. Um, so it's the 10 weeks leading up to the broad street, which is in May. And then the 10 weeks leading up to Philadelphia marathon, which we're actually starting next week. September 10th is our first week. Uh, Oh, got it. Great. Yeah. The, the show, the show is going to be getting released right around that time. So I'll, I'll put a, I'll put a link for everybody listening. I'll put a link in the show notes to uh Corey's author author page on on that site so that you can uh so you can follow along and read those articles as they're coming Perfect. out. Great, thanks. Um yeah, no problem. Yeah, so we, so it sounds like the the lion's share of your coaching outside of your college career. So we'll we'll set that aside. Um but of the of the of the coaching individuals, the it sounds like the lion's share of what you do is online coaching. Um, through run your personal best and not so much meeting one-on-one one-on-one or in a group setting with people and coaching them directly or in person, I should say. Does that sound about yeah, right? I mean, uh, yeah, now everything a hundred percent is online. Um, when I started off, I would meet with runners. Um, okay. You know, I actually, I, there's a website called coach up that I'm listed on and it's predominantly for meeting. Um, so a lot of, okay. most of my income at the time was from meeting with people. Um, but I kind of quickly realized a couple of things. One is, uh, you know, I liked it, but most of the people wanted me to run with them. Um, and I can't, I couldn't run with three clients a day and then also do my own training. Um, and you know, with Philadelphia, the traffic was, 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 was bad. So you drive somewhere and it, it just became time consuming. Um, and I, I enjoyed the online aspect because, you know, instead of meeting with a person once a week, I, you know, although I don't meet with them, I have interaction with them every day. Um, so it's, it's, I quickly phased out of that, uh, meeting with clients. Got it. Yeah. So, um, do you, I mean, and I'll, I'll kind of leave this, this kind of open for interpretation on your mm-hmm. end, but the 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 nature of the small Mo- the nature of the small moves podcast and the website is to kind of help people just say the hell with it and get started with something that's not going to in a way that's not going to damage them or take up too much time so first i my 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 initial question that i was thinking of asking was you know, if somebody just sort of wanted to blindly get into running as a hobby or running for fitness, you know, what are some of the things that they should do? But I actually want to backtrack on that a little bit because it's that I think that's a little too vague. Better question for me is look is just to kind of compare and contrast our experiences with running. Mm-hmm. We both started quote unquote competitive running at the same stage in our lives. Um, you took a drastically different turn compared to where I did. You loved it. I hated it. You were great at it. I sucked at it. Um, it wasn't for me. And that's something that I'm sure is the case for a lot of the people that'll end up listening to this show. So why don't I, rather than ask how someone can take a few steps to get started running first, let me ask who should get into running versus like maybe who shouldn't get into running. I mean, cause like you said, 
you know, th- this isn't necessarily for everybody. I mean, what, what do you what do you think were good reasons for taking up this? I keep calling it a hobby. I should I know I shouldn't call it a hobby. What should I call it? Um, no, it can be a hobby for some. I think for everyone, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, for some, it's it's an avenue to lose weight. For some, it may be an avenue to relieve stress. For some, it may be a bucket list goal to do a marathon or qualify for Boston. So I think running is a little bit different to everyone. Um, you know, I think if someone wants to get started, they that's that's where they should start is figure out why they want to do it. Like what's what's driving them? You know, is it is it they just watched the New York City Marathon on TV and they were inspired, or is it? Um, their doctor said they needs to lose needs to lose weight, and he or she recommended to run. Um, you know, I think the first step would be, you know, why why just just write it down on a piece of paper. Why do you want to run? Why do I want to run? Write it down. Um, that's that's probably the first step um, is is figuring that out, and then at that point, that you know, that will kind of put you in in a direction forward at least yeah and that that's interesting because because honestly could almost nip things in the bud um if you if you sit down to come up with what that reason is and you struggle to come up with that with what that reason is then maybe running isn't for you at least that's what it sounds like to me like you need to have and you know the, this this isn't an easy the I'll I'll stick with the word hobby. This isn't an easy hobby to maintain. You know, you you have you have to maintain it. You lose your running legs very very quickly at least from what I'm told by people that do this. Um if you don't keep running on a consistent basis, you lose it very very quickly. So, you know, if you're struggling to figure out what a really great reason for doing this is, you it might not be for you. There might be some other options. Like, wh- I mean, what are some for the for the people that you've coached? Like, what are some of the reasons? If you even, because I know a lot of your coaching clients are online. I don't know how much personal interaction that you have with them or what talking about what their reasoning is for taking it up. But like, what are what are some of the reasons that people that you've come across start running that actually end up sticking with it? Like what are some of the, what are some of those situations? Yeah. Um, I mean, I always ask why, um, that's, that, that's, that's, that's one of the first questions I ask when, when a new client comes, um, you know, in my experience, uh, the ones that, uh, that stick with it are, or the one, now I don't want to say that stick with it. The ones that have a higher percentage of sticking with it are the ones that have signed up for a race, have committed themselves to some sort of event. They're more likely to succeed than someone that says, you know, I've, I've runners come to me and say they want to get healthy or they want to lose weight. And not that that's not a good driver because it is. Um, and I think that can keep you motivated, but I think, you know, committing yourself to an event uh, with a specific date um, will help you hold to that goal if that goal is to lose weight. So, you know, whether you enjoy it or not is a whole different story. Um, you know, I, I think, I think people do enjoy it. I think people enjoy, you know, what it does for them more than, you know, there's certainly people that, that enjoy running, but I, I would, I'd venture to say almost there's a lot of runners that don't enjoy the act of running, but they enjoy what running does to them. Um, so I think it's important to find out, you know, 
again, you know, I think we talked about this, like why, why are you doing it? Write it down. Um, and then from there, you know, come up with a plan. Got it. I mean, have you, have you noticed, I mean, this is just me just kind of grasping at straws here, but like, have you noticed any, um, have you noticed any common thread of like types of races, I guess, that people sign up for? Cause I mean, the, speaking from a total novice perspective, I mean, I, everybody hears about the, you know, these, you know, there's a 5k here, there's a 5k there, there's half marathons, there's marathons, there's running festivals, which are apparently different than marathons, at least it, at least that's the case here in here in my hometown of Baltimore. Come to think of it, your hometown of Baltimore, huh? Um, and you know, the, but then there's you know, there's the different level type of things. Like there's the Spartan races, there's the Tough Mutters, there's you know stuff like that. I mean, have you noticed? Have you noticed in your coaching? like a greater percentage of people that tend to gravitate to more just the pure running, say like the marathons and um, marathons and 5k type races as compared to the more obstacle race types, like the tough mutters or the Spartan races or whatnot. Like, have you, have you noticed any particular gravitation to one or the other more so than the, the other? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I haven't coached anyone doing like a tough mutter or a, um, or an obstacle course race. I mean, every, every, everyone I coach, um, the majority of them, the majority of them either do a half marathon or a marathon. Um, and, you know, most of them, most of my clients have been running for a particular amount of time. And, you know, whether or not they've, they've, they've either had a success and have started to stalled or they haven't had success or um, a third type may be, they're venturing into a new territory. So they've only done 5Ks, but they want to do a half marathon. And they're, you know, it's a scary process to go from, you know, 3.1 miles to 13.1 miles. Um, and, you know, that's the same to be said. It's a scary process for someone to go from zero miles to 3.1 miles, a 5K. So sure, you know, I think... The type of people that hire a coach that come to me, um, you know, they're, they're either scared of that process and they want someone to help them and, and kind of guide them along that way and, and make sure they're on the right track. Or, you know, they've, they've been running for some time. Um, they may or may not have had success, but they, you know, they're ready to take their running to a next level. Um, so those, you know, those are the more the people that I see, I, I haven't seen, you know, if I do see someone do an obstacle race or, um, a tough mud or something like that, it's, it's usually as a fun event and not necessarily the end goal. Um, okay. because you know, a, a lot of, although there's running in that there's, there's, there's a lot of, it's, it's, it's just general fitness, um, as well as, as running. So it's not, it's not as specific as say running, you know, 5k, 10k or half marathon. Got it. It's a lot more. It's a lot less specialized. Correct. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Goofy, goofy question because this is, this has come up in some different different blogs that and podcasts that I follow a little bit. Um, shoes for someone for someone that's not exactly a like an experienced runner. There's there there are all sizes and shapes of shoes that I've seen for running. Like there's the super duper padded bolstered, like the yep. giant shoes. Then yep. there's the minimal shoes. And then there's all the way down to like those Vibram five finger shoes that I've seen. Yep. 
that maybe not necessarily for running, but for just roundabout life, I actually am a big fan of wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't run in them, but I've I understand that there are some people who do. Like, what what are your thoughts on those versus more like typical minimalist type shoes versus the more traditional, like the night like the classic Nike running shoe that's been that kind of revolutionized running back in like the seventies eighties, like when they started going more towards shoes like that. Like, what what are, what are your thoughts on sort of one versus the other? Yeah, I mean, you've asked the right person. I, um, in addition to coaching, I also am the running editor for a website called Gear Institute, and we actually, um, one of my jobs is to review shoes. So I've tested hundreds of shoes um, oh, nice. over the past three years. I've worn just about every type of shoe um, and written about them as well. But um, so yeah, I mean, that's that's a good question. Um, shoes are important, you know. I always say like. You know, minus the cost of races are going up. Um, running is a pretty simple sport. And it's pretty, you know, if it's pretty inexpensive. Um, really, all all you need to get started is a pair of running shoes. Um, so it's it's important that you spend some time and then also spend some money on them. Um, you know, generally speaking, if a shoe is, I, I, I say, and I, this is very broad, but um, if a shoe is less than a hundred dollars. Um, not on sale it's probably not a running shoe um okay so you'll have like nike adidas new balance uh, all these shoe companies will make you know they make so many different different um, models of shoes it's, it's really hard to distinguish if you're not a runner um and the lower end ones may end up in stores like marshall's dicks you know, Macy's and, and stuff like that. And they look like running shoes, but but they're not built to withstand, um, you know, the, the amount of pounding. Um, so kind of back to your, you know, minimalist versus traditional, um, I, you know, true minimalist shoes. I mean, people have been running in minimalist, minimalist shoes forever. I mean, that, that's what professionals run in. If you see them on a track, they're wearing track spikes and they're basically minimal shoes. Um, you know, that's what I race in. That's what I race in when I want to run fast. Um, light is good. So there's less cushioning. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, I don't recommend that towards a beginner by, by any means. Um, you know, you, you definitely want a good running shoe. And usually what I recommend for a beginner, because there's, it's just, it can be overwhelming is go to a running special specialty store, uh, in your, you know, where you live. There's, there's, you know, in Baltimore, there's Charm City Run in Philadelphia, there's North Wales Running Company, Philadelphia Runner. So, you know, don't go to your big box, like, uh, you know, Dick's or Sports Authority or something, you want to go to a running specialty store because, you know, the person that's going to be, you know, fitting you for a shoe is most likely a runner themselves and they know a lot about shoes. So they'll, okay. they'll fit you properly. Uh, okay. And they're going to put you in a shoe that's that's built to, to run and, you know, it's going to be a good shoe. So, um, you know, the, 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 the bigger shoes that you've, you've referenced like the Hoka's and you know, that's, that's the main brand that built it out. They're solid shoes. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're good shoes. They're not for everyone, but you know, they're, they're definitely worth a look. Okay. All right. That's a, that's a good recommendation too, especially for if, if people that are listening, that are beginners, like the, like minimalist shoes, they're highly touted for runners. They're great. If you've been running for a while, 
But unless you've got your technique down, which I'm sure is a big part of the early stages of learning how to run, um, you you want the extra padding on your feet because otherwise you're just going to tear your. I would imagine you're probably just going to tear up your knees and yeah, you're just, you know, do yeah, you're do just, damage that you shouldn't need to. Yeah, you're just going to get injured. I mean, your feet aren't strong enough because um, I mean, you just haven't been running. I mean, especially if you're, sure. if if I mean, if you're brand new to running, just just you know, look up specialty running store, Google it, your town, um, go in, you know, tell the, tell, tell the guy or the girl there, say, Hey, you know, I'm new to running. I'm just getting started out. Can you help me buy my first pair of shoe? And, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll point you in the right direction. Um, that's, that's, that's step one, um, for sure. You know, don't, don't, don't buy on price. Um, don't buy online, go, go to a store, and and talk to someone. Got it. Okay. Um, and just let one last quick question. I think that's actually a really great place to wrap up. Um, but one one question that I like to ask all the guests on the podcast, and this can the answer to this question can be applied to really anywhere in your life and your business. It doesn't necessarily have to be isolated to the topic that we've talked about today, which is running. But although it can be, it's up to you. Um, what purchase because keep in mind the concept of the small moves podcast is trying to find small little incremental things can that can eventually make a big difference if you can if you can think of it and i'll I'll give you some time to think about it if you want to but if you could name something that you in a recent memory that you've spent a hundred dollars or less on that you could probably say has made the most dramatic impact on something in your life what would that be like whether that's the the first pair of freakishly awesome running shoes that happened to be exactly a hundred dollars or maybe a smidge under, or it could be an app on your phone that lets you build your clients easier or what, whatever it is. Like it could be a book. It could literally be anything, but under a hundred bucks, what would you say has been the most recent, the, a recent purchase that you've made that has made a significant impact in something in your world? I, I, um, so if we're going to be talking about, I mean, for my business, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, I have, uh, right now 80 some clients all over the world, um, and everything's online. So I, you know, I, I purchased, um, I spent my money on this website called final surge, which is an online software that, helps me manage all of my clients, um, stay in touch with them and, you know, be able for them to be able to give me comments and then for me able to give them feedback. So, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing that's helped. I mean, so far that I can think of for a hundred dollars. Um, and that's called final surge. Yeah. Like a like like a power surge, a lot, yep. final surge. Yeah, final surge. Okay. So it's 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 an um basically it can be used two ways, and and you know this is one thing we didn't talk about, but like, you know one of the biggest things if you're going to get started with any activity, you got to you got to write stuff down, you got to keep track. Um, of course. So if you know you're starting running, uh, it's important to keep what we call a running log, um, and basically it's a diary of what you've done every day, and you can put in there how many miles you ran. Um, you know, if you did any cross training activities and basically what final surge is, is it's an online running log. So you, you sign up for an account. Um, it looks like a calendar. And then what you do is you put in, um, you put in there your, 
um, it's free for users to do this. For coaches, there's a dollar, you know, there's a cost to it. But, you know, anyone can sign up for Final Surge and then start logging their runs. Um, and it's super helpful to, uh, to look back and um, be able to see what you've done. I'm just writing that down. Yeah, no, that's great. Okay. Um, so I, I, just as a final quick wrap up, can you, for anybody that's listening, can you tell them where to find more information about you, whether on the, anywhere on the interwebs, whether it be your website or can they catch up with you on social media, either Twitter or Facebook, like where, or just follow you through um, one of the, you've mentioned a couple of different sites that you're a, uh, that you're a writer for as well. So if you want to, if you just want to repeat those as well, go, go ahead. So that people know where to sort of track you down on, on the, on web if they want to. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my coaching business is called run your personal best. Um, www. Run your personal best is the website. That's, all my options, uh, a little bit about my my background and, and coaching experience. So that's um, that's one way. My email is Corey C O R Y at Run Your Personal Best. Um, you can reach me there. Uh, I do have a blog where I put a lot of my information, my thoughts about running, on there as well. Um, you know, I mentioned uh, that I I do shoe reviews on the running editor for a website called GearInstitute.com, um, and what that is is it's a it's an independent review website that reviews, you know, any type of gear related to outside. So not only do we running, we do trail running, road running, climbing, biking, skiing, hiking, camping, all of that stuff. Um, oh, wow. Okay. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's a really good website if you want to look for, you know, independent reviews from people that, you know, are experts in their field. So I'm considered the expert in running. Um, so not only do I review webs, review new gear, but I also write a weekly article for them uh, as well. Um, and then lastly, the, the Philadelphia, it's called Be Well Philly is the blog. Um, and if you search under my name, just author Corey Smith, you'll see all my articles that I write for uh, two of Philadelphia's largest events, the Philadelphia Broad Street and then the Philadelphia Marathon. So awesome. um, we're also on social media, run your personal best on you know, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So uh, you can follow us there. Very cool. Yeah. And I definitely want to see if we can get you back on the show at another time, because I know r- running is your main, running is your main thing, but I know just through hearsay that you also happen to be in, involved in another one of the sports that you rattled off for the gear Institute, which would be climbing. Yes. Um, something that absolutely terrifies me in every way, shape or form, but I know is awesome. And, you know, so I, I, I know there's a lot of people that are interested in that. So I'd love, I'd love to have you back on there at some, at some point to ha- talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. I'd, I'd love but, to. Uh, I've been climbing, all right. been climbing all right, great. For, you know, 20, 20 some years as well. So. Wow. Wow. Well, that's awesome, Corey. Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. Have a, uh, have a good one. Yeah, man. Take it easy. Hey, everybody. This is Jason, your host. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Small Moves Podcast with Corey Smith of RunYourPersonalBest.com. Um, just before you leave, I wanted to catch you. Do me a favor and leave me a review on the podcast on either iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play, wherever you're listening to this show. Um, those feed- That feedback really helps other people find the show and help me figure out uh, what the audience is interested in hearing about so that I know uh, what type of content to work on for the future. Uh, 
Also, feel free to follow me on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Jason Hertzberger. You can find the spelling of my name, which is not always the easiest thing, on the website, smallmoves.co. I look forward to keeping this show going, and I look forward to next week's show. Can't wait to talk to you then. See you around. You've got this.